0: You're listening to the St John's Diamond Creek podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. This episode presented by Youth and Young Adults Minister Kirk McKenzie. As Tim said, my name's Kirk, um, and yes, it is past my bedtime, and. Uh, I've also got two kids under the age of six, so I expect to be up bright and early tomorrow. It's going to be a short sleep, but it's great to be talking to you about Christmas tonight. Um, speaking of my kids, uh, our daughter, when she was about two, is our eldest. We lived in a, in a street called Patches Street in Diamond Creek. Uh, I noticed some people who live in Patches Street are here tonight, actually. And so you might be familiar with this house uh, that set up every year this elaborate front yard of decorations. So basically, they do a working bee in late November, get this huge crew around, and they'd spend the whole weekend getting things set up, Christmas characters all, all you know, set up in the front yard, including Elvis, who I didn't realize was a Christmas character, but uh, they certainly believed he was. And uh, then they, of course, lit the whole thing up with Christmas lights. And there's a thing to do. It's not real Christmas decorations unless there's light involved. Uh, and that's because light is a big theme in the Christmas story. Uh, and, you know, we, Jesus is referred to as the light of the world. Uh, and then we have, there's the star, you know, that the, that the wise men follow and there's angels coming in bright lights and so on. So there's this idea of, of light is very common in the Christmas story. Um, and we're going to talk about light and dark tonight. Um, because the passage does that, the, you know, this, this passage we've had read from the book of John, which one, is one of the four books about Jesus. So if you're looking for biographies of Jesus, start of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they're the place to go. And this is the start of John's biography. And so we've got this theme of light and dark, but it's not really about physical light and physical darkness. Uh, it's much more metaphorical than that. So when we talk about light we're talking about good things. When we're talking about darkness, we're talking about bad things. Light brings order. Darkness brings chaos and confusion. Light brings truth. Uh, Darkness brings lies. And so just wanted to make that clear when we are talking about light tonight that that's where we're headed. And plenty of dark things have happened this year. You know, this time of year, people sort of review the year and sort of give it a rating and decide whether it's been a light year or a dark year. And that'll probably de- probably depend on the circumstances of your life and then how much you pay attention to things around you. Um, personally, there's been, been a fair bit of light in my life this year. It's been a good one. Um, but I've been aware of plenty of darkness happening to people around me. There's a couple of pretty nasty conflicts going on in our extended family that are not anywhere near being resolved. There was that hashtag, Me Too, which women use um, They posted it on social uh, social media uh, to show that they had been abused by a man, in one way or another. And this all came out because some famous Hollywood people were exposed as um, being sexual bullies, effectively, and then that sort of spilled into the rest of life and other industries. And so women who had experienced that in one way or another used that hashtag. And plenty of my friends used that, including some people here tonight. So that's a dark thing, like that's a dark part of our society that's been exposed this year, although it's been going on for a long time. And then I learned about horrible things happening in other parts of the world, and I I somehow stumbled upon information about Congo, the uh, the Congo, and I learned that there's been a war in Congo that started early in the 21st century, they've called it the Second Congo War, and they estimate that as a result of that war, 5.4 million people have died. And what was even darker about that, that's very dark already, is the fact that because the Congo is very poor, the rich countries don't really care. And we don't get that covered in our news, and it doesn't really seem to make the headlines. So there's that extra level of darkness. And so when you look around, even if your year has been full of light, personally, you don't have to look too far to realise that the world can be a pretty dark place. And so then in verse uh, 4 of John chapter 1, we have... Jesus come in and and he's described as the light of the world. So this verse is talking about Jesus and it says in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. And that that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So really what I wanted to do is talk tonight about what does that really mean? That's a nice thing to say, particularly at Christmas. But what does it actually mean? What practical difference does Jesus being the light of the world actually make in the lives of average people? That's what we're going to look at in a bit of detail. Because knowing about darkness is not enough, right? You can be aware of the dark situation, that doesn't remove that situation from the world or the consequences of it. So you can't just get out your torch and shine it on a sexual predator or a corrupt banker and then just sort of vanish all the darkness that they've brought into the world through their actions. You can't just show them a picture of the baby Jesus and that will completely change their heart and put them heading in a new direction. You know, we couldn't just turn the lights off here and pretend that we're not also part of the problem. You know, we could. We could turn all the lights off, plunge this room into darkness. It would be hard to physically see each other, but it wouldn't remove the fact that we are all sinners. And by that I mean, we've all brought some evil into the world, either in what we've said, or what we've done, or what we've thought. And it'll be different. The way you've done it will be a bit different to me, but we're all contributors to that. And just hiding ourselves physically is not going to remove that reality. So just knowing about the darkness isn't really enough. So what we need is to go to the source of the light, which is God... And in the Christmas story, we see that God actually takes the action that we need. If you have a look at verse 14 in this um, passage, this is a very famous verse from the Bible, where it says, The Word became flesh. And when it says the Word there, that's the way John refers to Jesus in the opening parts of his biography. So Jesus became flesh, as in this stuff that you and I all have, and made his dwelling among us. So God himself, the source of all light, became a human being, became a baby. And that's this important action that God takes in bringing the light into the world. He's already the source of light, right? So he's already brought light to the world in various ways. But this is this massive, incredibly important action God takes to become a person. Recently, I was at a comedy gig by a band called Tripod, Uh, They're sort of an Australian comedy musical uh, trio. And it was a Christmas gig, so they were doing any song that they had in their repertoire that was vaguely related to Christmas. And so most of them, you know, weren't particularly related to Christmas, but a few were. Uh, But then there was this one particular song where they started singing it, and it seemed like a traditional carol, you know, not dissimilar to the ones we've sung at the start of this service. And you're sort of going, okay, what... Where's the joke here? Like, this actually, they're singing about the birth of Christ and so on. Um, but that's not why we came. They're not a Christian band. It's not a church thing. This is like a comedy gig. Anyway, the, the sort of dark comedy that they put in the song was if you could picture the three band members sort of lined up along the stage and they're singing this song. And then one of them, instead of singing lines about Christmas, starts singing lines about Easter. And that sort of ruffles the feathers of the other guys, and they start getting a bit annoyed with each other that they're singing these things. And the reason that it's particularly a standout thing for that um, to happen is that Christmas has lots of nice images of cute babies and fat little fingers and lights and this sort of thing, whereas Easter, about the same person, just 33 years later, is violent and has torture and death and nasty stuff like that and so when this person's throwing in the Easter sort of bits the other two are getting agitated and go no no Christmas it's a Christmas song it's meant to be warm and fluffy and instead we've got this interference of something much more serious happening in the song. Now what the song did for me as I was listening to it and and reflecting on it was it helped me realize that when we trying to understand Jesus as the light of the world, the baby image is helpful but it's not enough. That actually we need to zoom out from the birth of Christ and actually go, well what was happening before that? What was happening after? Why did Jesus' life end in such horrible violence and and then the things that happened after that? And that if we just have the baby stuff, which is good and very important, uh, then we actually are a bit limited in our understanding of how Jesus could be the light of the world. So in the second part of verse 14, we get a bit of a sense as to, to as Jesus grew up uh, and, and continued on, what he brought to the world. It says, We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. So it says, the one and only Son of God, who came from the Father. And it says these key words, full of grace and truth that when Jesus came he was full of grace and truth this is what he brought to the world now grace is an undeserved loving gift if someone is gracious towards you if they show you grace then they are choosing to love you even though you don't deserve it possibly even you deserve to be punished for what you've done and they show you love anyway that's grace Truth is things that are true, Uh, not opinions, not just sort of an angle on things, but things that are true that we can base our decisions on, that we can build our life on. And Jesus brings both of those into the world in perfect combination. Not just one, not just the other, not in imbalance. That's really important, because if you just have one of these two things, yes, they can be useful, but you can also run into problems. So if you think about it, If all you're on about is truth, it's going to be very easy to become a harsh, judgmental person who just piles on the problems of the world, just is always obsessed with the darkness and can't see the light. You know, if you're constantly pointing out the things we're doing wrong and the stuff-ups that other people are making and the stuff-ups that you are making and just saying, look, darkness, darkness, darkness and darkness, people are going to go, we need a break. We just need a bit of grace. We need someone to show some love here. But likewise, if it's all grace and there's no truth, and when people do hurt each other, and when people do the wrong thing, and when we do the wrong thing, we just go, let's just ignore it, let's just be nice, you know, we're meant to be nice to each other and loving to each other, let's pretend that it didn't happen, then conflicts never get dealt with, they never even get brought up, things simmer away, and that doesn't work either, and actually people go, we need to actually speak the truth to each other sometimes, maybe that'll be a loving thing to do. So what Jesus does is he brings grace and truth together in amazing ways. And we see that throughout his life and in particular the way that he dies. Um, And I'm a bit stupid to pick Jesus being the light of the world for a talk uh, tonight because we could spend hours and hours talking about how he is the light of the world and how he brings light to the world in various ways. And I'm just not going to completely do it justice, but let me try and give you a bit of a sense of Jesus being the light of the world uh, by zooming out and not just focusing on the baby bit, but seeing the whole picture. Right, so this passage reminds us that Jesus, because he was God who became a human, he actually existed before he was born. And in fact, he existed at the creation of everything. So when God was created the entire universe, Jesus is a part of that. So he's there right at the beginning. He is the, the source of all light in that sense, always has been. And then he takes this giant step to become one of us. Bringing light to the world, reminding us that God is not some distant snob who's not interested in us. He's not just sort of sitting up critically, crossing his arms and tarting at our behavior, that actually he's so invested in the human race that he's prepared to become one of us, to show us how to live in good relationship with God and in good relationship with each other. And Jesus did that as he grew up, and particularly, um, in particularly as an adult, and he showed people grace and truth in amazing ways. I'll just give you a quick example. There's this guy called Zacchaeus in the Bible. Corrupt guy. Worked for the government. Basically made himself wealthy by stealing um, from from everyone. And so Jesus knew this about Zacchaeus and Jesus meets Zacchaeus one day and he could have just laid the truth on him straight away and gone, Zacchaeus, you're a horrible person. Look at all the damage you've done. You're the worst. Everyone hates you for a good reason, you know, and just sort of laid the truth on him. It's like, look at all this damage and darkness you've caused. But instead, he says, "I'm going to have lunch at your house," and so they go and they hang out. And by the end of that conversation that Zacchaeus has with Jesus, he is convinced that he's been doing the wrong thing, and he decides to pay back what he's stolen uh, at a higher percent, you know, with interest. And so there's grace and truth there that, like, that actually Jesus showed him some love and some patience and some compassion, but the truth still got in there somewhere to the point where Zacchaeus was able to change and bring light back into the world instead of bringing darkness, which is what he'd been bringing so far. So Jesus did that with his life the way he taught people, uh, the way he taught us to respond to the people who caused the darkness. Uh, respond to ourselves when we cause the darkness, respond to the victims of the darkness, respond to the evil spiritual stuff that goes on in the world. If you read about Jesus in the Bible, you see he brings grace and truth into all those areas. We have that written down for us so that we can continue to learn from that. But there's still the issue that when we do bring darkness, we do deserve to be punished for it. So another way, a big way that Jesus brings light to the world is to deal with that issue and to actually say, well, what I'm going to do, because I'm the son of God, because actually I'm the source of all light, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your darkness onto myself and then when he dies on the cross, in that horrible way, uh, and violent way, that he kills our sin. He removes it. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus does not face punishment for the darkness they've brought to the world. They get to be, the Bible refers to them as children of light. Then Jesus He dies for that, so we should feel bad about that, except then he rose again. So we don't have to feel guilty. We don't have to go, oh, Jesus died to make that happen because he's risen again. He's then continually generous and gracious to us by giving us his spirit so that we can be in relationship with him in an amazing way today. And the Bible says he's also got more restoring of the world and of the human race to do sometime in the future. That's a quick summary of how Jesus is the light of the world. And... uh, we need to zoom out from the baby in order to get that full picture. so what I want to do just to finish is to challenge those of you who are maybe um, you just focus on baby Jesus, uh, sometimes this happens where you know Christmas is a thing and it 's great as again i 'm not criticizing focusing on the baby, but if your main connection with God is just or Jesus is just viewing him as the baby in the manger, then I would respectfully like to suggest that you're not getting the full deal and that you're ripping yourself off. Starting with the baby is great. No problems there. But actually, there is much greater value and you won't really see Jesus as properly the light of the world unless you step back and you get a more full view of Jesus. And I don't mean you have to become a Jesus expert who knows every single detail about everything about Jesus in the Bible. But just having a greater sense of how Jesus was the light of the world, I think is just going to do great things for your understanding of God, your relationship with God, and your relationship with other people. And so I'd highly recommend getting that view of Jesus as best you can. Obviously, a great way to do that is to read the Bible. It is an inspiring, confronting, world-changing, life-changing book, and it is worth reading. And the good news is it's free online online at a whole bunch of different websites, including audiobooks if you hate reading. So I recommend doing that. And actually, if you want a paper version and you don't have one, um, you'll probably be able to find, hopefully you've got a Christian friend either here tonight or somewhere else. If, they, if you ask them for a Bible and they don't get you one within a couple of days, you send them to me, <laughs> all right? That's a Christian's job is to give someone a Bible when they ask. Uh, so ask someone for a Bible if you don't have one and uh, that I'm sure a Christian person would love to share one with you. The other thing to do is if you're not part of a church community, I really encourage you to join one and to start asking questions about Jesus. It doesn't have to be this one, although you'd be very welcome to be part of our church. Any church that loves Jesus and wants to help people get to know Jesus would be a great church to join. So just encourage you to do that. Um, yeah, let's celebrate Jesus, let's celebrate the birth, it's a wonderful thing, and let's also zoom out and get a clear sense of why we sing about him being the light of the world. So I want to pray for us now uh, that we'll be all able to do that this Christmas. God, thank you that in the darkness there is light. There are lots of good things that you've given us. And we particularly ask right now that you would shine your light into the parts of our lives that are dark. And sometimes at Christmas, those dark parts of our lives can be more exposed. And we ask that you bring light to those situations. Maybe people are facing some darkness tomorrow. And we pray that you'd be with them and help them to see your light in those situations. We understand there's darkness in ourselves as well, that we all contribute contribute to the darkness of the world. And so we ask that you shine your light into our hearts and into our minds. And I particularly pray this for anyone who's asking you right now to do that for the first time. We thank you that your light didn't just come to the world, 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. That you're still bringing your light to the world now through your spirit and through those who love Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions about this podcast, connect with us on our website, stjohnsdc.org.au or at facebook.com slash stjohnsdc. Don't forget, you can join us live in Diamond Creek every Sunday at 9.30am and 6pm.